Hello and welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. I hope you're having a great day and thank you for joining us. I'm Liam from Reach Interactive and during the show we aim to bring you actionable marketing tips and advice that cover a wide range of topics from socials to branding, SEO, content and more. The show is available on all major streaming sites such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio and more. And if you are on a site that allows you to leave a review then I'd really appreciate it if you could give us some quick feedback. It does help us to create better content and also to reach a wider audience. And if you are looking for conversations on a specific topic or theme, then we have lots of great episodes that you can check out and feel free to get in touch and I can point you in the right direction if needed. So joining us for episode number 51 is Joel Barnett from Fortune Hill, who I'm looking forward to chatting with and we have a really important and interesting topic to discuss. So I'll start by introducing Joel and then we'll get started. So hi Joel, how's it going? Hello, Liam. I think overall it's uh, it's going well, but like many people, the answer to that question probably depends on the time of day that it's asked. Uh, but overall, I'm, uh, I'm I'm pretty good. I mean, you can't help but be concerned about the impact of the global health crisis, the seeming ineptitude of our elected officials and the possible implications of the results of the US elections. But I'm choosing to focus my attentions on all the good stuff in the world. And there's uh, there's plenty of that around us to uh, focus our attention on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. There's certainly a lot going on right now with another lockdown, the US election, dark nights, Black Friday, Christmas coming up. So I think your answer probably speaks for a lot of people there. So could you tell us about yourself and Fortune Hill then, please? Sure. So I am a humble student of uh, of all things talent related. Um, human performance is my passion, and, uh, and I focus my professional life into understanding how human beings impact businesses. Um, I run a leadership search firm called Fortune Hill. Um, we support ambitious consumer businesses to identify, attract, and engage uh, leaders for what we consider to be the most important and impactful areas of their business, which is a marketing and. Also HR. So these are the functions that are responsible for people and customers. Uh, we work on an international basis uh, with large organizations, investors, entrepreneurs, and everything that we do hangs off a uh, simple yet beautiful purpose, which is to enhance our business partners' performance and their culture and to positively impact people's lives. Um, additionally, I've got a brilliant marketing recruitment business called FHR that brings people into the teams that the Fortune Hill business has uh, has appointed the leaders to. And I've got a couple of startup recruitment technology businesses as well. Yeah, thanks for the introduction. Sounds like you are a busy person, but have lots of exciting things going on. So we're going to be focusing on Fortune Hill during this episode. And we're going to specifically be talking about a book that you've recently published called Excerpts from Experts which includes marketing advice from over 200 experts from brands including Tesco, Greggs, Adidas, Marks & Spencer, and more. And the aim of the book was to raise £100,000 for NHS charities together, which is a very important cause. And I'm going to be chatting with Joel about how he got the project moving, convinced experts to contribute, how he's approached raising awareness, and more. So stay tuned. <music> Let's talk about excerpts from experts then, Joel, which is a fantastic book that you've published at Fortune Hill for a great cause that is close to many people's hearts. So firstly, what was it that inspired you to create the book? So if I take you back to April, we're in peak first wave of COVID and our core business disappeared off a cliff. You know, one of the first things that businesses stop doing 
when they face into crisis is recruitment. So we had very, very little to do. And uh, the team got together to discuss what we were going to do with our time and our energy. And, and I'm fortunate, Liam, to work with the loveliest group of people. I mean, they are a diverse bunch, but share a common set of values. And one of those values is kindness. And another is their desire to make the world a better place through business. And um, we genuinely believe that businesses have a responsibility to society to improve the world, as well as obviously make money. And so we had an open discussion uh, back in April about what it was we were going to do with our time. And most of that discussion focused on how we could be helpful to each other and our communities and ourselves, because obviously it's very challenging to be uh, helpful to others if you're not looking after yourselves properly. And actually, before we even got to the book, we We'd, we'd done several great things, uh, such as arrange for coaches in our network to give their time on a pro bono basis to support people uh, we connected them to, you know, people who were feeling stressed and people who'd been displaced by the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, we organized free yoga classes that were open to anyone to attend over Zoom. And we committed to each other that we spend a minimum of 30% of our time supporting people who, who needed our support. And I remember this particular session really vividly because we were all together on a Zoom call. It was a really lively and emotional session because everybody in the team was really determined to do something useful, but we were feeling pretty helpless. And I think you know, people's emotions were a little bit frayed at that time when we were facing into this uh, you know, crisis that was beyond our imagination. You know, it was, it was kind of weird dystopian existence, like we were living in some sort of, kind of zombie apocalypse. And this particular session was what we were going to do with the next quarter, given that there was no recruitment or indeed very, very little uh, recruitment to, uh, to be done. And most of our clients were indicating they weren't planning on bringing in any talent from, uh, from the outside for, uh, for, for certainly the foreseeable future. And I remember opening the, uh, the session saying, look, nothing's off limits. I encouraged the team to be as creative as they could be because there was no such thing as a, as a stupid idea. And one of my colleagues suggested that we write a book and we donate the proceeds to, uh, to the NHS. And we're really motivated to, to do something for the NHS. You know, this is, as I say, the peak of the first wave where lots of businesses were doing some brilliant things for NHS workers. So businesses we work with like Costa Coffee, for example, giving free coffees to, uh, to NHS staff. And I remember pausing and pondering on this suggestion of us writing a book and thinking to myself that perhaps that idea challenged the statement that there was no such thing as a stupid idea. But actually, as the idea evolved to become the concept that we ultimately ran with, it became hugely energizing, very ambitious and quite honestly, very scary and insanely time intensive, but hugely energizing nonetheless. And, and the concept was to publish a book to fund the whole thing ourselves and sell it to raise money for NHS Charities Together COVID-19 appeal, which was established to provide a really valuable support to the NHS staff and volunteers. This is a cause which is very, very close to my heart personally. Uh, my wife's a doctor and hearing firsthand about the horrors that were being experienced by our health workers was jaw-dropping. I mean, just, you know, it, it is inconceivable to most of us what it was that our health workers were experiencing. I mean, some of the stories that I've been told, and bear in mind, this is secondhand evidence. This is not something that I was experiencing firsthand, will 
stay with me and haunt me for the rest of my life. They faced into some of the most horrendous circumstances that you could possibly imagine. And at the time, NHS heroes were, were being lauded and everybody was, was walking out on their doorsteps on a Thursday at 8pm and clapping for five minutes. And we felt that that was great. And I know that the NHS workers really appreciated the uh, the swell of public sentiment and support that was uh, that was demonstrated. But we wanted to do something. We wanted to do something more to give back to uh, to those people who were giving so much to the rest of us. So we kicked off our mission to publish a book without a clue as to how to go about creating and publishing and actually selling a book. It's a very interesting and inspiring story. It's also really cool that you got your entire team in a meeting and gave them the freedom to suggest new ideas and contribute to future plans. And I think businesses and marketing teams can learn from that regardless of what's happening right now in the world. So could you quickly mention what exactly is in the book and the response that you've received? Yeah, absolutely. So so basically, the book is effectively the compilation of insight, advice, and anecdotes from 227 of the leading names in UK marketing. Obviously, some of their remits will extend well beyond the UK, but um, these are predominantly the leading figures in uh, in the UK marketing community. And, and they very generously contributed their time and the benefit of their wisdom and experience to uh, to enable us to pull the answers to 12 questions together into uh, to a book, which, as you know, is being resold purely to raise money for, uh, for the NHS Charities Together COVID-19 appeal. 227 leading marketing experts to contribute is amazing because firstly, that's such a big number. And secondly, I imagine they're also extremely busy running operations at multinational companies that have a lot of pressure on them right now to get things right during these uncertain times and sort of lead the way in how businesses should deal with the pandemic. I had to think about this episode and how we can compare a book launch with current marketing practices. And one thing that stood out is your ability to get marketers to contribute for free. And in a way that resembles the steps that we take sometimes when we're seeking PR coverage or working on guest post outreach. So I was wondering if you had any tips on performing and managing outreach for marketers that might be trying to interact with recognised brands in the future. To be honest, Liv, we, we had a real advantage, and that is that we were able to leverage existing relationships because a lot of the people who featured in the book have been individuals we've spoken to about their own careers and talked to about opportunities that we're working on on behalf of clients. Um, we've also worked with a large number of them as well to bring top talent into, uh, into their teams. So the starting point for us was leveraging uh, existing relationships. Now, we don't know all 227 people in this book intimately. So what we did was we focused on who we do know, and we got them to contribute. And then we asked them to uh, refer other people who would also contribute. And we were also really, really fortunate in that we have very good relationships with the Marketing Academy and the Marketing Society, um, who were incredibly supportive of the initiative and helped us access some people who we didn't have existing relationships with. So we sort of, we utilized our connectivity, both the, the, the first degree connectivity we had, but also then got our contacts to introduce their contacts. And then we were, quite simply, incredibly organized in our approach and relentless in our pursuit. I, I have a personal belief uh, that certainly when you're doing something like this, which is purely for charity, uh, you should be utterly unapologetic when, when pursuing people to contribute. And whether that's contribution of time or energy, or in this instance, you know, time, energy and words, um, or whether that be about fundraising, so actually 
seeking money from people to support a, uh, a worthwhile cause, you should be unapolo- unapologetic in, uh, in, in pursuit because it's not a, a selfish endeavour, it's uh, an endeavour to do something that's, uh, that's going to be beneficial to, uh, to others. And we believe so passionately in the amazing work that the NHS Charities Together um, organisation is doing that we wanted to, uh, to raise a lot of money in support of their work. And therefore, uh, it was a case of being very organised, being disciplined, and, and as I say, relentlessly pursuing people to make sure that they were aware that they were able to take part and reminding them to take part. Uh, encouraging them times it was like herding cats so the organization piece uh, was uh, was absolutely key we're fortunate enough to have a very good crm system that we uh, we we made sure we we used and uh, making sure we were following up via the means available to us which were emails the use of linkedin and where we had te- people's telephone numbers by texting whatsapp messaging and picking up the phone and talking to them i'm glad you mentioned all of those different channels and ways to communicate because especially in marketing if you're asking for a favor or maybe for PR or guest coverage, then it's easy to send one message via email and then move on to the next person or publication. I actually saw a screenshot last week of a journalist's inbox that works for a national publication, and they had something ridiculous like 50 emails within the space of an hour or less that were all story pictures. So I think we definitely need to be smart about which channels we're using to communicate and how regularly we do that, but also keep track of your outreach so that you aren't hounding the same people. A lot of it boils down to attitude. Uh, we, we are an organization. Of, I've only ever been involved in the world of business-to-business selling. And the secret to it is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, based on the 20-odd years I've been doing it relatively successfully, is be clear on what it is that you're seeking to achieve. Be clear on what's in it for the other party, because the reality of it is people tend to respond to things when there's something in it for themselves. And so put yourself in the in, in the shoes of the, the recipient or the person that you're trying to get to participate in whatever it is that you're doing. And think about actually from their perspective, what's in it for them? And make sure that your communications to them clearly articulate what is in it for them. And it, in this instance, it was about doing something good for charity. And of course, being seen alongside the other leaders in their field who were already doing something good for charity. And it did snowball. The more uh, names that we had on the list of people who'd contributed, the more magnetically attractive it came became to other people to also contribute because they wouldn't have wanted to, uh, to miss out. And then the final rule is, is that relentlessness, you know, follow up. The reality of it is you've got absolutely nothing to lose. And well, I think we often assume when we're trying to get people to, uh, to get involved in something, if they don't respond, it's because they don't want to. It's entirely plausible that they do want to. We found this on many occasions with people where we sent them the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh email. They'd said, actually, I'd fully intended to participate in this, but other priorities had overtaken this one. And it had been buried under a whole load of other flagged items in my inbox that I'm yet to get around to dealing with because, as you know, we're busy people and we all receive a huge amount of email traffic and lots of people wanting time and attention from us. It can be hard to remember to... uh, to follow up on things that we'd intended to. So perhaps you know, we make the mistake sometimes in our working lives of assuming other people are incredibly well organized and disciplined and will get round to everything they intend to get round to doing. Well, actually, uh, they'd be really grateful for uh, a prompt. They won't see it as you nagging. Uh, they'll see it as you being persistent and diligent in your, uh, in your follow-up and will be grateful for uh, the fact that you've reminded them to do something that they absolutely wanted to do. That's a great way of looking at it. A few things I took from your answer is that social proof is great and should never be underestimated. And then don't be afraid to follow up if you are adding value and have something that's worth the recipient's time. 
So I'm really interested to find out what the response has been like and if you're on track to receive that £100,000 in your target fundraising amount. In terms of what the response has been like, let me ask that question in two parts, if I may. Firstly, the response to the initiative pre-launch and then subsequently when we actually launched the book at the beginning of August, uh, what the response has been like. And so pre-launch response was brilliant. As you know, we asked 12 questions of leading marketers. We asked them to answer all 12 if they could, but but as many as they saw fit or time enabled them to uh, to answer. And the result was great. I mean, the content in the book is absolutely fantastic. I haven't tired of reading it, despite the fact that pre-publication, I read it probably 12 times. And I've since actually having the physical copy in my hand, have read it at least twice. Uh, again, I think it's lovely. I think there's some wonderful nuggets in there that people can uh, can really benefit from. And we were able to sign up some amazing people. If you look at the types of individuals that have contributed to the book, it's, it's you know, a veritable who's who of the good and the great in the marketing community. Post-launch, to be honest, Liam, it hasn't gone as well as I'd hoped. That may be an issue relating to the expectations that I had. I'm someone who sets myself and those around me exceptionally challenging targets. And so far, we have raised £40,000 for NHS charities together, which I suppose objectively is a fantastic achievement. But the reality of it is our target's £100,000. And that's a very meaningful sum of money to the NHS charities together COVID-19 appeal, which is providing really valuable support to people who really need it. People whose lives will be forever impacted by the the COVID-19 crisis. So we're a long way off the £100,000 target that uh, that we've got. Now that said, we certainly haven't given up and we will absolutely keep going until we get there. But it's been harder than we expected to engage uh, the market and even some of the contributors uh, to, to help promote the book. I think some of that's down to the fact that a lot of people have forgotten this cause. You know, back in 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 spring and early summer, everyone was falling over themselves to express gratitude to the heroes working in the NHS. I think perhaps people are a little bit over it now. People have gotten past the the whole COVID issue, despite the fact we're now, as we speak, to second lockdown. People have forgotten impact on the people, the human beings who are working in the NHS, who will never get over their experience of 2020. And actually, it's been amazing to see the the reactions of some of the people who've helped us get to this place. You know, we were able to get publicity in Marketing Week in the Festival of Marketing, people like yourself uh, who've picked up to uh, to help create awareness for, uh, for for the cause. But we're really hopeful that there's a lot more to come from, from the marketing community to support the mutual objective that we had to uh, to raise an awful lot of money for people to whom we should be incredibly and eternally grateful. The first time I actually came across the book was actually from a Marketing Week email, so it's good that some of those big publications have offered support and coverage, but fingers crossed you're able to kick on now and get closer to that target and hopefully meet it through people purchasing the book. And I think it's not just a donation. I have no doubt that there's some great value for marketers that will help with our efforts and improve our knowledge and our careers. I'm definitely going to purchase a copy myself after this recording, and I'm looking forward to giving it a read. It's a win-win, isn't it? Because basically the way to look at it for somebody thinking about purchasing this book is I'll donate $19.99 to NHS charities together to say thank you for the amazing things that the NHS staff have done. And in return, I'm going to receive uh, the most amazing mentoring pack from the people who have been most successful in the marketing profession. Nothing to lose. I think that's a great way to close out this main section. So we're going to finish off with two fun and quick questions like normal to close out. 
So we always finish episodes with two questions that are always the same for our guests. The first one, Joel, is do you have a fun or interesting story that has happened throughout your career that you could share with us? It could be something a little bit crazy, something like a mistake, something that just stands out as a bit bizarre or something inspirational, perhaps. I've actually got two that spring to mind. Both are pretty short. Um, So one relates to an interview, the most bizarre interview that I've ever been involved in, which was with a billionaire entrepreneur who was interviewing the then managing director of one of the leading grocers in the UK. And about an hour and a half into the interview, there was a knock on the door and uh, the entrepreneur summoned the person at the door to come in who proceeded to unfold a massage table, uh, at which point uh, the interviewer stripped down to his underpants, uh, lay on the table and proceeded to have a sports massage whilst the bemused interviewee uh, looked at me uh, quizzically, hoping that I could give him some guidance. So that was definitely the most bizarre interview that I've, I've ever been in. He didn't get the job, but I do question whether he would have taken the job had it been offered to him. The other thing that, uh, that I wanted to share that just occurred to me as you asked me the question question was actually LinkedIn related. So so one of the one of the things that I found bizarre about LinkedIn is uh, what does and doesn't get traction. And it's uh, it's something which I think confuses an awful lot of people. And the only thing that I've ever posted that actually genuinely went in any way viral was a picture of a, a note that my then six-year-old daughter had written to the tooth fairy, which uh, following a conversation that I'd had with her about negotiation, where I suggested to her that you should always start high, um, she'd penned out, dear tooth fairy, give me 500 pounds or I will kill you. Wasn't quite what I had in mind when I gave her the, uh, the the advice about negotiation, but an interesting interpretation nonetheless. Yeah, both of those stories are extremely different, but very funny. So my final question is, do you have a favorite resource that you think might help listeners with their daily tasks? I'm a huge fan of an app called Blinkist, which is basically, it's, it's an amazing app where they take books and, and all sorts of categories of books and they've read them and then summarized them into a short form version where they focused in on the uh, the most important points made by, uh, by the author. They are available both to listen to and to read. And so my learning style is I tend to learn better when I'm both uh, stimulated uh, by something I can listen to and something and I can read at the same time, I find the information sinks in far better. Given it takes 15 to 20 minutes per book, I find that during your average working week, you can absorb all of the information that's uh, that's useful in five books. Um, and it's been amazing for my uh, my learning and development. So highly, highly recommend that. Yeah, that's a good one. And I'm sure that there are lots of great business and marketing books on there that are really valuable. Loads and very easily digestible. So we're going to end the episode here. Thanks for being a great guest, Joel, and sharing your time with us. I'm looking forward to reading the book, and I hope that you're able to reach that target of £100,000 soon and that your book continues to get the support that it deserves. It's been a pleasure. If anyone would like to purchase the book, again, it's called Excerpts from Experts. It's also in the episode title. What I will do is include a link in our show notes, and I'm sure that Joel will also be happy to answer any questions on LinkedIn if you do have some. And yeah, thanks to everyone for listening again and supporting our show. We'll be back next week with another new topic.